0: that's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date
1: on the world of social media industry experts, innovators, innovators creators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Got it. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Connor Brown. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media and more. Have you ever pondered what it truly takes
0: to launch a successful podcast? Maybe you're intrigued by the secrets behind impactful podcasting, or maybe even you're looking to turn your passion into a popular and respected podcast. Well, if these questions strike a chord with you, then you're in for a treat today. Today, we're ecstatic to welcome a guest who has accomplished just that. He is a pioneer of podcasting who has turned his passion for sharing knowledge into the globally recognized school of podcasting. Dave jackson will be sharing his journey his insights and his top tips for successful podcasting so sit back clear your schedule clear your mind and get ready for an episode chock full of podcasting knowledge so let's dive right in dave thank you so much for being here my friend gents
2: i am uh, happy to be here and always happy you don't have to twist my arm too hard to talk podcasting
0: <laughs> yes and you are mr podcast you know, i want i want to, if you guys don't know who dave is i want to introduce you to him because he has he began his podcasting career in Two thousand five and launched the School of Podcasting. You find out more about that at schoolofpodcasting.com. And his School of Podcasting show has over three point one million downloads. And he has helped hundreds of people plan, launch, and grow their podcasts. He is the author. Of the book Profit from Your Podcast Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood, and is a featured speaker at many of the events. You know, Connor and I were talking before. We've seen him at Podcast, uh, Podfest, Podcast Movement. He's been, he's just been everywhere. So in 2016, Dave joined Libsyn, the largest podcasting hosting company, as part of their tech support team. And in 2018, he was inducted into the Academy of the Podcasters Hall of Fame. Once again, you can find him at schoolofpodcasting.com. I'm just so excited we have this amazing podcast guru in our uh, on our show today. So thanks again, Dave, for uh, being on the show.
2: I It's always weird when I hear that. I'm like, are, are, are you guys sure you're talking about me? Like, okay, <laughs> sure, all right.
0: Yeah, I've, I mean, I, I looked and it, it looks like it, you really got the award because I saw yeah. a picture of you. You know, it's, those are hard. But that was before AI so i'm pretty sure that was you so uh we'll just give you the benefit of the doubt so um really quickly we got some more comments coming in uh my friend jim Few is watching over youtube saying good morning jeff dave and connor thanks uh jim for stopping by yes hall of famer dave jackson yeah that's pretty cool and then chris stone says he is the proud member of the school of podcasting right here dave is the best so you brought your fan club that's always cool um <laughs> I want to talk about really quick something, you know, I'm a big fan of is our friends over at Ecamm. They can that you can find out more about them at SocialMeNewsLive.com forward slash Ecamm. They are what make the show possible. And, you know, we're talking about podcasting these past episodes and a couple more to come. And they make uh, if you're doing a podcast, make it super easy. They're kind of, you know, what Alton Brown is one of my favorite chefs in the world. And he doesn't have anything in his kitchen that only does one thing. Well, that's like Ecamm. Ecamm does so many things. It lets you do a podcast. It does lets you do live video. When I'm done with this show, I'm going to have isolated audio tracks, isolated video tracks that I can repurpose. I can make presentation, YouTube videos, all of it. It's a jack of all trades. So if you don't know about ecam and you are on a Mac and you want to do what we're doing here, go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam and check them out. All right. Back to the show. This is, I want to just jump right in, Dave, and like... Tell us your your story, how you got started in podcasting. why you even you know went down the road into podcasting in the first place?
2: yeah, i my background's in teaching. I taught in the corporate world for decades, going back to the days of how to surf the internet because nobody knew what it was. And I was building websites in Front page and Dreamweaver in a friend of <laughs> mine. Uh, I had a website using Front page, yeah, back in the day, all four musicians about how to get more gigs, sell more CDs, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And a friend of mine was really into marketing and he came back from an event. He said, hey, I've seen the next big thing because I had kind of missed the MySpace boat again, dating myself. (laughs) And he said, you know how you miss the MySpace boat? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, the next big thing is going to be podcasting. And I remember I Googled it and there was one and a half pages on a Google search result. And I went, wait, how do you spell that again? Okay, I'm like one and a half results. And so when I finally figured it out, and I remember I uploaded a file and saw it come down in this kind of uh, archaic software. I was like, oh, I get this. And so I started a podcast for musicians. And within like two, maybe three weeks, I got a voicemail from Michael Van Lahr from Nuremberg, Germany and went, wait, wait a minute. So somebody on the other side of the planet not only found my show but liked it. And I just grabbed my flag and I'm like, okay, this, this scratches every itch I have. It's creative. It's kind of geeky. And I get to help people. And I was like, okay, I'm in on this podcasting thing. And then shortly after that started the school of podcasting.
0: So real quick, and I I couldn't find this number, but how many shows do you have, have you done and how many shows are out currently?
2: um somewhere around 32 um many of them like i started one called the customer service show because that's another one of my backgrounds and i think i did the traditional six episodes and you quit because i it was something i did but it's not something i'm super passionate about Mm -hmm. and i just sounded like a grumpy old guy i'd be like i went into mcdonald's today and nobody said hello and it was just like (laughs) so that was the end of that uh so i started one with podcast promos where I would give, every, and that's where I learned if you don't have control of the content, that's a bad idea because if you're relying on your audience and you don't have one yet, yeah. uh, that's that's a problem. So the ones that are current right now, it's hard. Uh, School of Podcasting, Podcast Review Show, Podcast Rodeo Show, where I grab a random podcast and see how long it can hang on. Your Podcast Consultant, uh, Building a Better Dave, Ask the Podcast Coach. I think that's all of them. I'm probably missing one, but oh, uh, the the future of podcasting with Daniel J. Lewis. So that's seven.
0: But those are those those aren't weekly shows, are they? Uh,
2: uh your podcast consultant, the future of podcasting, are biweekly. Uh, building a better Dave is whenever I feel like it. Um, there's a there's another one. Uh, podcasting wow. resources is just kind of whenever I feel like it. Web tools, radio is whenever I feel like it. So as much as I preach, have a schedule and stick to it, <laughs> I- unless you're doing 10 podcasts, in that which case, like, yeah, that's ridiculous.
0: So I once again, so yeah. guys, ask your question today, because I'm really excited. We even got Dave on the show because he's really busy putting out podcasts. So make sure that's you- it. Yeah. And uh, Chris goes, uh, profit from your podcast is another one. See, Dave doesn't even oh, know yeah. that many there shows. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. And Gary says, uh, the one thing about I love about Dave is he's an awesome storyteller at heart uh, and a great sense of humor, too. So, yes. Yeah, so, I agree. So, Connor, I don't, I'll don't. i take all the time. So, I'll let you go
1: because we're talking about questions and I know you had one. Well, I just want to say I think that that McDonald's uh, podcast sounds really <laughs> intriguing. I, get I off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. I go to each place and see, uh, how they're doing on customer service. I'd love that. Um, I, but it is interesting how you, you mentioned like passion and things like that. Like you, you have to be passionate about it. You have to know what you're getting into. You know, you can't build something from, from scratch. That's reliant on audience behaviors. If you don't have an audience, I think those are some of the important factors uh, to think of when it comes to uh starting your own podcast but but dave if someone's out there they have an idea they want to launch into it they want to start a show what are some really crucial key factors that they should consider before even starting that podcast
2: yeah the big, there are two big questions one is why are you doing this and there's many reasons. One is, I don't know, I want to talk about Batman in the basement with my buddy, and the beauty of that why is the minute episode one is out, your podcast is successful. Congratulations. You have achieved your goal. Keep doing it, but it might be I want to get my brand in front of people, so I'm going to do a short show three times a week, so I can just keep saying mybrand.com, mybrand.com. Maybe I want to show myself off as an expert. Okay, now I'm going to do maybe a 20, 30-minute a weekly show to really show, look at how much I know. you know. So there are all sorts of different reasons, that's your, your why. And you need to know that uh, because that's gonna steer your content, it's gonna steer your schedule. Then you really, really, and by that I mean really need to know who you are talking to. Uh, an example, if I do a show for widows, okay, it's widows. I've niched down from everyone to widows. Okay, but there's still a difference between the 38 year old widow who lost her uh, spouse in a car accident? To the 87-year-old widow who lost her spouse to, you know, natural causes. So then when you do that episode, like, hey, how to he get back in the dating pool? Probably, probably <laughs> not going to apply to that. And what you then do is you've got your why and you've got your who, and you overlap them, and now you figure out, okay, what can I talk about that's going to make my target audience either laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain, what's going to do that? In other words, how am I going to hold their attention while getting them to do my why? And that why again could be things like, I just need to get the word out. I can't get any exposure on you know, traditional media, things like that. So that's where it overlaps because if I just do what I want to talk about, well, then you're not going to get an audience because they don't want to hear about that. And if you just talk about what they want to hear, that's great. And that's where you get the people that do 10 episodes and quit because, well, I'm not even inching towards my why. So that's, uh, those are two things I always identify. And if you're trying to do a podcast for everyone, that doesn't work. It just doesn't.
0: So let's dive into that just a little bit. And, and this is a great question that kind of ties into it. John Piper says, Dave, any concern with seven shows, podcasts going too wide versus focus on uh, half of that and going deep? So that's kind of the question I wanted to talk about is like, how important is it for you to define that target audience before starting a podcast? And, and more important, because you said it was important, but how do you find those strategies to identify them? I mean, Cause a podcast you're starting in, it's not like you're writing a blog post and getting comments. It's, it's really, you know, you're talking and hoping you're getting something back. So how do you identify some of the strategies to kind of niche down?
2: Yeah. A, a couple of them that I, I teach is one is go to Amazon and search for whatever your topic is, and then go look at the uh, reviews. And what you're looking for is a two star and a four star. Now, why those? Because a five-star is going to be like, best book ever, and one-star is going to be like, total rubbish, right? So I need a two, because the two would be like, hey, I would have given this a one, but they did do this. A four-star is like, hey, it's pretty good, but they didn't talk about such and such. So that's typically a little more uh, something to chew on, besides like, worst book ever. Like, okay, what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. Same thing with YouTube, The, the beauty of YouTube, and also one of its you know, downsides is there are a lot of comments on uh, a podcast or on on, uh, videos. So you can go in, find a podcast about your subject and you can A, sort by what's their, you know, best video, what's the most popular. Mm -hmm. So now I know I'm looking at the stuff that my audience is looking for, and then look at the comments. And again, you'll see where it's like, this is great, but you didn't talk about so and so because people on YouTube love to let you know when you're wrong, and then likewise you'll you'll get those. So that kind of gives you a clue. And then I hang out in a lot of Facebook groups and Reddit. Um, I used to hang out in Quora, but they started a plan where they're they're paying people to post questions, so the questions are in quality are kind of coming down right. a little bit. So it's just a matter of. And when I go to Facebook groups, it's not to go in and just promote myself uh, before, again, before Facebook, there was a uh, a group of ex-radio DJs. And I swear I heard like,
1: oh, I was like, <laughs> these
2: are the people I'm trying to reach. And I ran in, I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. I know you want to get back on the air. I can get you in front of a global audience. Everybody follow me, let's go. And they banned me in like 20 minutes. They're like, who is this <laughs> spamming fool? Get him out of here. So, But I, I go to these Facebook groups to listen and and when i can i will chime in and help but a lot of times i just want to see what people are talking about because that's when i'm like ooh that's that's something i'm going to talk about when i was at podcast movement i heard the phrase overwhelm three times cuz it's well number one you're at a conference and you're just you're sucking in uh you know education with a fire hose so i can understand feeling overwhelmed but nonetheless i heard people say that and i was like i need to do an episode on why overwhelm is kind of normal and how to kind of uh you know, put up some roadblocks to not get so overwhelmed. So I'm, I'm really listening when I go into these groups. But no matter what you do, you're going to put something out and you think everybody's going to love it. And the ones you think are great are going to be the ones that are crickets. And then other ones you're like, mm, I guess I'll put this out. And people are like, best episode ever. <laughs> so it, it's just a matter of, of listening to your audience and answering every email that comes in when you get them and uh, if they're comments and things like that. But you, you try to hone that target. And when you
0: aim at perfect, when you miss, you
2: land on pretty doggone good.
0: Mm. 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 Wow. Lots of stuff there. I, so, so I always tease people and uh, what you talked about back in the day. And I know Chris Stone is just waiting for you to say Google Plus because that's that's a drinking game we play here whenever I mention that because I was way back in the day with that. Um, but um th- yeah. Go ahead, Connor. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm this is free.
1: This is free consulting, and I'm like, where is all my notes? So go ahead. Freak Jeff out. That's what uh, it is. He can't contain yeah. himself. Yeah. You know, I, I like how you you mentioned the word overwhelmed. um because I think a lot of people starting a podcast can feel that way. Uh, overwhelmed about just getting started, about getting your equipment, and maybe even about planning. And I saw on on um, your wall behind you, you had a sign that said, plan, start, grow, monetize. So it always starts with, with planning. When it comes to starting a podcast, w- Can you talk a little bit about the role of planning and preparation? How detailed or or extensive should one plan should one's plan be when it comes to starting a new show? Yeah, the the thing I hate to see
2: on one hand, I love when somebody goes, I'm starting a podcast August 18th. I'm like, that's great because it kind of puts a little pressure on you. But when it comes to August 8th, 15th and you're not quite ready, the world has waited 20 years for your podcast. It can wait another week or so. So I've seen people make really bad decisions because they drew a line in the sand. So I see both sides of that story. But in terms of planning, what you want to do, it's just things like like last year I got 6,000 downloads from things not named Apple and Spotify. So put your show everywhere, make sure that's there. Um, Just everything, this goes back to your why. So if my why is I wanna monetize, well you better have some sort of newsletter set up. Uh, Even if it's just, I I had a, a lead mag that was like, would you like a copy of this article in a PDF? Like they're looking right at it. They don't need it and people would sign up for that. So you don't have to get super creative with a lead magnet if you're like, I I don't know what a lead magnet is. Just just go here. Would you like these show notes given to you every week? So that's part of it is what is my why? And then um, the other thing of planning is, and this is the step I think most people skip and that is getting some honest feedback. Cause mom said it was great. <laughs> My brother said it was okay, but, but you need somebody to go, hey, like in that middle part, I don't know if you know this or not, but like you're only coming out of the left channel or, you know, I can't read your artwork because you put your name and by the time it's, you know, shrunk down to 150 pixels, nobody can read it and things like that. So, and I understand why I uh, last month I, I created kind of a sales video and by the end of it I think I did 14 versions of it <laughs> but why because I went out to my newsletter people and I said hey you guys like my stuff can you tell me what I'm missing here and you know I said just talk about it like I'm not in the room and they did and it was amazing but there was a point where I just like I just want this out I've been I'm tired of watching the same 3 minute video so I get why people just want to get it out but in the end you know get some feedback on that and cuz It makes no sense because some people will not only launch, but their first instinct is, I'm going to buy Facebook ads and I'm going to do this and that and all this paid advertisement, which is not a horrible strategy if your podcast is getting the result that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, you're just lighting your money on fire. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but that's part of it too, Um, you know, getting some hype. So, uh, one of the things you can do with planning is hey, I've got uh, three examples of my artwork. Which one's best? Which ones do you like? So you're starting to get your community involved and you're giving a little behind the scenes. So when it's finally time to launch, then you're like, okay, everybody, go to my website I'm not gonna tell you to go find my podcast wherever find podcasts are because searching those apps is horrible. And right. I'm gonna tell them to go to my website slash follow and there's Apple, Google, Spotify, and Amazon. And then they can share that link, which is gonna boost my SEO. They don't have to you know, go through all the things. So that's part of the planning is just like, okay, I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do that. And then the, the start is okay. Now it's in all the apps. Now I've told all my friends and family. And that's really where all the fun that's where the work starts. People think launching the podcast is hard. It's like, I thought writing a book was going to be hard. No, getting people to read the book is really the job. Right.
0: And it is, I have his book. I I was going to have him autograph it, but it's a Kindle and it's really hard to, it gets really messy when people start doing that. Um, this is we're talking about podcasting pitfalls. So uh, really quick, a callback to what you're talking about with the, you know, getting your community involved. I remember when I first launched mainly Pinterest tips and I had my logo and it was this blue and I sent it to my friend. And this blue was like if you were slowly choking a Smurf, that's the kind of color it was. It was horrible. It was a horrible color. And the, she was nice enough to go like, you know, you might want to try this color. And so that is really important that, you know, you get somebody else to look at it. Before you, you know, release it to the public. Cause I would have been even more embarrassed. Um, we're talking about podcasting pitfalls. You know, what are some, I know one of the misconceptions, like you launch a podcast, you're going to be able to retire to Puerto Rico and hang out with Johnny yeah. Dumas. Like that's not, that's not really a good uh, perception of podcasting. What are some other ones you've, you've talked about? Cause we're talking about pitfalls. What do people kind of have wrong when they think about when they're launching a podcast?
2: The, they get obsessed over the tech. You know, and I mean, this is a $200 microphone. This is a $69 microphone, the Samsung Q2U. There is not a whole lot of difference. If you're using your built-in laptops microphone, that's a big difference. Please don't do that. And by that, I mean, for the love of God, don't do that. Uh, you know, so there's that and they get hung up on the tech. And I always say, if, if your audience isn't saying your audio is bad, why are you focusing on all the tech? You know, it's really not, I I don't have anybody going, Dave, you gotta listen to this show! And I go, why? And like, it's like butter for your ears. I don't have, it's usually the content. And right. we need to kind of quit focusing on, I need to get more downloads. The goal should be, I wanna be the most talked about podcast because if you're the most talked about, you will get more downloads. Mm. So so the tech I see people get. And then I, I, I was so happy. I, a member of the School of Podcasting gave me your first episode and i was talking to her about it and i said you know it's kind of weird because you kind of sound like npr in this and i go when we talk you're kind of fun and bubbly and she was very npr and very serious and this and that and she came back later and she was again worried about the audience you know insert reverb here and i'm like you don't really have a big audience yet and also it's hard to try to be somebody that you're not. And one of her friends said, just be yourself. And so she recorded the the same content again. And plus, because we'd gone over her why, she had a really good call to action at the end. And I said, What what what's the difference? I said, This is night and day. And she said, Oh, I just I just was myself and I just pretended. I always say, talk to your invisible friend across the desk if you're doing a solo show. And so that's the other one. I see people get really hung up on this is going out to the world and i'm like really it's going out to about 13 people if you count your cousins um so so and that's really what kind of holds people back and you had mentioned passion and when you first start off you have fear this fear of i'm going to sound stupid well that's why there's editing uh this fear that nobody's going to listen not unless you tell them to you know you have this big fear and what happens is you need that passion because when the passion is higher then the fear, that's when you press record. But if you keep focusing on your fear and your worries, no, focus on that one person, focus on that little itty bitty person that needs to hear your stuff. And when that passion to help that one person is greater than your fear, that's when you actually press record.
0: Oh, wow. That's that, that's a tweetable right there. That's really yeah. good. Well, now ex-able. that is that's, that's my latest bumper sticker. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an Xable now, I guess is what it is. So um, and the funny thing is you're talking about not worry about tech. Well, we're going to talk about tech next, but I wanted to bring up uh, Chris Stone's comment because I think it's really, really good. He goes, what are some ways to get feedback from your existing audience to improve your show? Like asking what types of content they'd like to hear, etc. because it is kind of a podcast. is you know, Like I said, it's a, kind of feels like a one way street sometimes. So how do you do that? My
2: favorite mistake I've ever made, I went to email. I wanted to get 10 email addresses from my newsletter. So again, the more I use it, the more I really am glad I have a newsletter. And my newsletter literally is a paragraph. This is what I've been up to, blah, blah, blah. It's hot. Are you cool? Okay. And then here's what I've been up to. And then it's just a link to all my episodes and a call to action. That's my newsletter. It's not war and peace. But I went to it and said, I'm going to take 10 addresses and and I'm going to do this automated thing and send out, like, hey, I want to do some research. I'm I'm working on the show, and I really just want some honest feedback. If you're interested, uh, click here to schedule a Zoom meeting. And instead of sending it to 10 people, I sent it to my whole list. (laughs) Oopsie. Uh, And so for about two weeks, I had back-to-back-to-back Zoom meetings with my audience and I'm like, okay, what do you like about the show? Well, you're kind of funny and you're entertaining and I always learn something great. What do you wish I would do differently? And then I shut up because they'll go, Oh, I I just love it. And I'm like, okay. And there's this awkward pause and then go, I don't know, sometimes like my perfect episode is around 30 minutes. And sometimes you go close to an hour. I'm like, great, that's perfect. That's what I want to hear. And that's the thing. You can't be defensive. The best thing you can do is if somebody starts giving you constructive feedback, pull out your phone, pull out a pen and paper and start writing it down. That's an old customer service trick because just your body language shows your words are important because I'm writing them down. So that was one. I just asked my audience, I said, Hey, what can I do better? What do you wish I would do? Are there any topics you want me to cover that I haven't? So that's where newsletter comes in. Uh, Also, if you, if you just want to announce it on your show, what I hear is people say, "Hey, I hope you liked this episode. You know, if you have any comments, send it in." That's a little too vague. I do a, a segment called the question of the month where I ask them one question and specifically tell them how to answer it. I even say, "Be sure to mention your podcast and your website because they people would either A Uh, wouldn't say their website or B, they'd be like, oh, and my website is .com. And I'm like, yeah, I can't, I don't care how much I slow that down. So be specific when you're asking for, for content. And then if somebody comes up to you, if you're lucky enough to be in a a conference and somebody says, oh, hey, I listen to your show, like instant survey. Great. Why do you listen to my show? And they'll be like, Mm -hmm. Why? Um, they're like, yeah, wh- why Why do you listen to my show? Well, I don't, it's educational and you're funny. Okay, great. Okay, what do you wish I would do differently? And then enjoy that awkward pause. And I finally had somebody go, for a while I had a cat that liked to interrupt my show and I just let him interrupt. And they're like, the cat thing is kind of on my nerves. I'm like, all right, no more Bernie. Got it. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, that That's really, and then, uh, you know, there are things like Apple, if you go into Podcast Connect, you can see consumption rate. That's one of those things, like people said, I wish I knew how far people were listening. Yeah, well, be careful for what you ask for when you go and you're like,
0: well, wait, 54%, ugh, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. So. Oh man, that's a lot of, that's good stuff. And I'm going to, I want to actually do some of that stuff for our audience. Cause I think that's some, some great things. Uh, yeah. So Chris goes, ask your audience, then shut up and listen, love it. Thanks Dave. So that's appreciate it. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Brian says this is great when we were talking about like figuring out who is your audience. He goes, I make every piece of content, uh, for a one sixteen year old drum student that I have named Paul. I love that. That's really great. Thank you, Brian, for doing that. Yeah. Br-
2: Brian Stevens was on my first podcast. He's, he's all the way back to the musician cyber cooler that was my very first podcast
0: that's really cool and see he's watching you now so i appreciate that um let's see so let's go into this next section because i want to talk about we talked about don't worry about tech but i really want to because a lot of podcasters when they get started you know there's all these gurus saying you need this mic you need this lighting for Mm -hmm. video and you need all this stuff you need to be on this platform so let's like strip that all away dave and and A beginning podcaster wanting to start, what should they invest in? Got
2: it. So, uh, Jeff, your kid wants uh, an Xbox for his birthday or her birthday. What's an Xbox these days? Three, four hundred bucks, something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Samson Q2U. Uh, works via USB, so if you want to just plug it into your computer, plug and play, you're good to go. If it's you and a co-host, then it works XLR, so you can plug it into your device. And the device I recommend is the Swiss Army knife of podcasting currently, the Samson Q2U it slices it dices it even juliennes uh you can have four people in the room with you and do that or if you take one of these things now i can plug it in and now i can do zoom calls or eCam calls or whatever i've got that uh if i take another channel out and because i've got the guy i don't have a computer you can actually <laughs> plug a phone into this and the beauty of it is i remember when i first got this i'm like how do i turn on mix minus Mix minus is a phrase that's almost extinct. Uh, almost right. everything now does it for you. So everybody can hear everybody. And you're like, but what if I want a podcast in the woods? Yeah, it runs on batteries if you wanted to. And it's 200 bucks. So we're looking at 200 bucks and 70. So an Xbox is at least 300. You spent less than an Xbox and you're good to go that that'll definitely get you going. And I know you're going to go, "But Joe Rogan uses an FM7B." Yeah, it's I mean, this is a $200 microphone, okay? So this is a uh, this is the PodMic USB. I, I practiced earlier. I'm sorry. I didn't think it was going to take that. This is the Samson Q2U. It's 69 bucks. Wow. So, is, is there a $120 different? No. And I get why people change microphones. Um, I got to play the guitar on stage at PodFest. And when I played somebody else's guitar, I didn't like the tone of it and it affected the way I played. So I I get that you might not like the sound of your voice on a microphone, but in the end, there's really not that much difference. And in post-production, you can always add EQ and, you know, add a little treble, take out the bass, whatever you need to do. You can always do that later and kind of make any microphone sound like any microphone.
1: Mm.
0: So that's uh, where I'd start. Yeah. So not a lot to get into uh,
1: the podcasting world if you are passionate about.
2: It. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. it's really
1: not that hard, Connor. But you, you know, you did mention sound quality, right? And and people listening to themselves and not liking it, this, that, or the other. How important is audio quality in podcasting? Uh, uh, and what are some tips that you would say to, to improve that good audio quality if if someone's struggling with it?
2: Yeah. If you have same people in the room with you, just pretend you're Oprah, you get a microphone, you get a microphone. Everybody gets a microphone This whole, I'm going to put a blue Yeti to pick up in every direction. And I didn't really know just how bad it was until I had to drive to Nashville for an event. And I was listening to podcasts in the car and what would happen is you'd have somebody who had a decent mic so they're right in your head and they're talking like this and then the next person is like yeah that's a good call mike and you're like yeah and when you add the sound of tires and freeway yeah I, i was really having a hard time so that's part of it is that you know if if how you sound distracts me so much that i can no longer pay attention to what you're saying that's a problem i'm probably the least kind of audio snobby like my goal is listenable not absolute perfection with the the 10k and you know people the engineers come in and they just they just get upset when i say that but i'm like no it just needs to be listenable so but it is important because it just what happens is when and i always tell people you know point the microphone at the corner of your mouth be about three fingers away and kind of stay there uh and if This kind of sounds like I'm in your head, where if you've got a lot of room noise, now it sounds like I'm sitting in the room with you and you're about seven feet away from me. And it's subtle, but it makes a difference. And the other thing that I I just go, ooh, that's bad, is when somebody comes in, they've got the blue Yeti in the bathroom, and it sounds like somebody's (laughs) frying bacon underwater, and they're the host. And then the guest comes on and they sound better than you do. And I'm like, that's not a good look so again it doesn't have to be tons of money but it is important because the minute you make your audience constantly especially the volume knob uh that's going to be that i listened to a show yesterday and it was interesting because the person made the mistake oh darn it hold on okay and then the person did it again and they didn't edit it out now I get it, we've all been there, done that. We've, you know, oops, I forgot I had the track on mute. But there is a message that's sent that's like, look, if you didn't take any time to at least try to sound good, um, then how much, I, I looked down at my phone, I got I got 39 more minutes of this. So if they didn't do this, uh, does it really show that, you know, they mm. took effort to make a good show? Yeah. So it, I, I think it's, we can get lost in that, You know, but I always say, remember, because we're sitting there going, I think I still hear the fan. I I think I still hear the fan. People don't listen like that. But, you know, keep that in mind.
0: Well, I mean, I have like when I talk, you can hear my fan because it's Texas and it's hot in my office and i'm like you know it's do i let them just see me sweat and my beard like wilt on camera or do yeah. i have a little so it's a balancing thing so can you i want to uh, because i think a lot of people find this fascinating like what is your process for recording and editing a podcast episode so you can tell us what you actually do and then what actually you teach your students because usually there's a there's a difference sometimes
2: yeah. I use Evernote, but have some sort of tool because brilliance is going to happen when you are nowhere near a computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's right out of the shower. I'm like, wait, where's my phone? Uh, so have something to capture that because there are going to be those weeks when you're like, I'm not sure what I'm talking about this week. And when I go to my, I'm all, that's right. I'm going to talk about, you know, here's like five different things I'd completely forgot about. So there's that. Uh, And then everybody has their own thing. Like, for example, I used to go, oh, I got it up here. And I would write four bullet points. And I would riff on those. And I would get done. And then as I'm listening to it, after I've edited it, I'm typing up the show notes. And inevitably, I would hear something go, oh, you know what I should have said there? That. And so I switched it. Now I write a blog post. Because I'm a little ADD. And I was like, I need to figure out what the heck am I trying to say? What's the big takeaway I want my audience to have? And I do that. Then I write out my bullet points and then I record. Yeah. So, and then if it's a guest, I listen to their show. Uh, if it's a guest first, that's one of my first questions. If somebody says, can I come on your show? I'm like, give me a link to where I can hear what you sound like. Right. Because a lot of people like to go, well, you know, the guest audio was bad. What was I supposed to do? Uh, tell them no. Yeah. Please don't wreck my brand with bad audio. Uh, mm. Again, if if I have to struggle to hear the Guest, what good what value they're bringing if I'm like, I don't know, it sounds like they're in the rubber. Oh, you guys know what the rubber uh, they're in the Coliseum or something very echoey. Um, so and I just explain that to guests like, look, I'm trying to make you sound amazing. So when they're like, well, it, you know, nobody's complained on Zoom. Yeah, this isn't a Zoom meeting, it's a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, so
0: yeah. So I want to, real quick, I wanted to pull up a comment. So uh, Chris is a little jealous. He says, Dave didn't do a mic test like that on deal casters. I'm jealous. That, well, sorry. Sometimes you just get gold, uh, Chris. And then he goes, the best podcasting audio should not be noticeable. Make sure the levels are close to each other and are equal in volume to others on podcasting platforms. If they notice something bad, that's a problem. Get it good enough. Chris is a big fan of having that one channel in one ear. He's told me that before where it's like, you know, they have... A guest in you know the host in one ear and then the guest in another he loves it that. that's his favorite thing really. i will
2: I, I will split it a little bit you can pan it especially if you sound similar like if i ever interviewed my brother it'd be ridiculous because we sound identical so i i don't mind a little panning but i think you're being sarcastic maybe the whole yeah. left complete left and right yeah that doesn't work for the person at that, that, that the
0: job with one earbud butt in right exactly um so can you tell us what you'd like use for editing? Cause I know a lot of people, I know it doesn't in the end really maybe matter on, on some things, but there's a preferred one that you like to edit in.
2: Yeah. I use Hindenburg mainly because they have this thing on the side called the clipboard. So what I will do, especially now I'm, I'm dabbling in the, the NPR, their narrative style for interviews. And what I will do is first, what I do is I listen to a question And then I listen to, when did they start answering the question? Because many times it's like, hey, tell us about the time when you did the thing. And they go, well, really, I just started doing this about a month ago. I used to have a team member that did that. And, you know, I'm I'm not really that up on this. Okay, did they answer the question yet? No, that's all back-end story that's out of there. Then they start answering the question. Now, the other thing I listen to is, did they answer the question? So if Jeff asked me, hey, what's your favorite pizza? And I go, purple. Okay, I, (laughs) I I, I answer. I answered the question, but I didn't answer the question. So I will just take that out. And so with Hindenburg, I can say, yep, that's a keeper. And then I'll label it. Oh, this was intro story. This was whatever. And I put those over there. And if I'm doing narrative style, I will put the things together and then you're like wait i i have these five clips and three kind of go together and one doesn't that's where the narration comes into play you're the bridge Mm -hmm. that ties their story together so i really love hindenburg for that somebody asked me the other day how do i do a narrative style guy step one go get hindenburg i'm like you could do it in audacity or other tools but that little thing on the side where you just it's very visual you can see and uh, it's a little bit, the one I did, I felt like I just put together a, a desk from Ikea because I still had two clips left. And I listened <laughs> to it and I'm like, those don't really fit into this whole thing. And this is really good the way it is. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's okay. We'll save those for later. Uh, so that's that. And it's funny, I still use Sony SoundForge. If I'm going to be going in and cutting out ums and you knows and things like that, I use that. Why? Because that's one of the first softwares I ever learned. And, you know, why learn something else? And they're, you know, Reaper, there's 50 other, but I know that one. And even though when I speed it up, I, I listen at like 1.7 if I'm listening for content and cutting out ums and things like that. But that's the one I use. I could do that in Hindenburg, but I again, it's old habits die hard. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that. I typically don't need to do things like Alphonic and you know, RX 10 and all that, um, I get that. I do edit for some people and they're the people that just hand me extremely horrible audio that I then have to clean up. So if you record it, you know, I would say, I think these are illegal now, but if, if you remember teeter totters, it was a thing right. on a playground, um, more planning equals less editing and less planning where you're just winging it at, you know, and well then you're gonna be doing a whole lot more editing. So if you start off your interview with, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, there's a part of me that goes, ah, somebody didn't do their homework, but also you're kind of searching
0: for, where's this interview gonna go? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't, shouldn't you kind of know that before you hit record? <laughs> well, we try to plan, you know, like, you know, we, you've seen the yeah. questions we send. We, I always yeah. try to have something ready. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk ask you is, um, first of all, that Lou Mangiello is here. And he said, um, Hey, love Dave Jackson, uh, from Lou Mangiello right there. The other thing is, you know, I used a script and it's almost the same thing. It sounds like I haven't played with Hindenburg, but I'm able to visualize the clips and I can capture them and move them over. Uh, the other, where can people listen to an example of your story kind of telling podcast? Where's, where's that at?
2: Uh, school of podcasting.com search for, uh, Deidre Shen from, uh,
0: um, Cap show uh, okay. that was the one that I did narrative. Gotcha, very very cool.
1: Um, so go ahead, Connor. Sorry, I jumped your line. No, you're it, you're all good. So so Dave, we we got our idea, we got our name, we have our our brand, we have our focus and our goals and our, our tech equipment and how we're going to edit everything. But I think the final kind of very important key piece is hosting platform, and I think mm. this is something that a lot of people can be a little scared of because maybe they have edited things in the past. So they're familiar with that. Maybe they've used tech in the past like this. They're familiar with that. They're familiar with marketing. But this could be a whole new world to someone just starting out in the podcast space. So how does one go about selecting the right podcast hosting platform for them? And what would you say are some important factors to consider for those just starting out?
2: Yeah, so full disclosure, I am the head of podcaster education at Libsyn.com, which is a media host. So, uh, But this is what I would say. Number one, some people think like, hey, I'm on Podbean. Should I switch to Captivate or Buzzsprout and just realize, number one, out of the gate, it's not going to make your show grow. It's right. not – somebody's going to, oh, you should listen to the show, Dave. Why? Oh, they use Captivate. No, it's the content. Uh, and so if I was driving to Texas to see Jeff – I would take my brother's van because the interface is made for long hauls. It's got a bunch of cup holders, it's got a better stereo, and I'm gonna be taking the van, I've got the big captain's chairs versus my Camry, right? So that's where sometimes a lot of these have you 30 know, day trials and if they don't do it for 30 days and ask for a refund, most of them will give you one. Go in and check out the interface because in some cases, all of them will you know do everything and your laundry Okay, but do you need all those features? Because in some cases, it does this, it does that, it has network stats, it does, and you're like, well, I don't have a network. Okay, well, you're gonna be stepping over those features to get to the ones you want. So it's kind of a figure out what am I doing? So if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm gonna be promoting my stuff, for the record, the best way to monetize your show, by the way, it's not advertising, it's promoting your stuff. Well, then I'm gonna want something that has dynamic ads. So either uh, Libsyn has an enterprise version, there's Captivate, there's Buzzsprout, um, there's all sorts of tools out there that do that. If I'm not gonna be doing that, well, then maybe I want a media host with you know, less, it sounds weird, but with less features because I don't have to step over them uh in the end i you know see this is where people go. oh you just say that because you work for libsyn but i've never been a fan of spotify because spotify uh and i'm talking as dave jackson from the school of podcasting not a libsyn employee but spotify doesn't seem to want to play nice with other people they're very big on using their tools inside of their platform so everything stays in that uh and even when they were anchor uh, like i think right now you have to ask for an RSS feed. Yeah, you know, like you have to turn that on. I'm like, mm. without an RSS feed, you're not a podcast. So and I'm always like, look, if you need to go free, you know, there's Substack and Red Circle. Um, but you know, with free, if you don't like the way they handle their service, you're not gonna not pay them anymore. So you kind of get what you um, you know, pay for with that. So I don't know if that's answering your question. What just the one thing I wouldn't do, A, um you know, I avoid free things. And B, don't host it on your website. Right. Like people are like, I'll just upload it to WordPress, and I'll use you know uh, PowerPress for the feed. And the reason for that is uh, a website is there. It's text and images, so everything's really really small. And when you throw a fifty five meg MP three file, and now four hundred people try to get it at the same time, it's a web server, and it's not a bandwidth. It's not. It's there's too many res- resources being used on that website host to where it's going t- <laughs> and it can't keep up yeah so uh, use the right tool for the right job so that's another thing i would say when it comes to i, I know people like i've been self-hosting for 15 years okay
0: you must not be very popular because
2: otherwise your web host would be
0: choking <laughs> right. it would be crashing yeah. yeah um so i you mentioned when you were at podcast movement last year the thing you heard over and over over was overwhelm. right the yeah. thing I also heard over and over and over at Podcast Movement was video podcasting. You, if you're going to start, you might as well, you know. And I'm a big fan of it because that's what I've done since back in here. You go, Chris, Google Plus days. Um, what are your thoughts on video podcasting? And should a new a person who's going to jump into the podcasting medium should they start with video or not?
2: No, and that's not a, that's not a popular thing. Let's start with video. You know, that's this is what um the networks are doing now they're starting with a podcast then deciding should we turn this into a tv show now if you've got a budget and lots of time by all means but you're really starting two shows one is a podcast and one is a youtube channel uh and if you've got the budget and time for that it is more work and you have to shower now and shave and things like that (laughs) so there's that um i'm i'm not buying i know the thing that i always Kind of laugh, but YouTube is the number two search engine. Okay, but yet you have a link tree for your website, so you're completely ignoring the number one search engine by having a half baked website. Uh, you know, let's let's get a website with some SEO going on to help find your show. Uh, and I do a show on Saturday called Ask the Podcast Coach. I've I've Big thrown fan. yeah I've thrown the video on Spotify Video just because I like to play with everything uh, where I'm getting. Well, so far, I don't think I've had a single view of that show in the last four episodes on Spotify. Zero. Uh, On YouTube, I get a decent amount, but I like triple on audio. Um, Bill Maher launched Club Random, and he was just going to do video. And Rob Walsh at and was like, don't you want to do audio too, Bill? And we kind of had to twist his arm to do audio. And then Bill hired a PR team and they just promoted the video version of the podcast. And in the end, uh, Rob reported that the audio was outpacing the video 10 to one because there's just more time to listen than there is to watch. So it it is, now that's the, the, the kind of the poo poo side, but I've also <laughs> had people that have found me on YouTube cause I have a YouTube channel that, you know, the people on YouTube love YouTube and they worship uh, I want to say Mr. Breeze but that's not it. Beast. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. Beast. Yes, yeah. Mr. Beast. They worship at the altar Mr. Beast and they're all YouTube all the time and I've had people join the school of podcasting they're like, "Oh, you do audio stuff too?" And I'm <laughs> like, "Really? Really?" So it's a different audience uh and you know so if you got the time and budget by all means then you should be doing it turn on the camera while you're recording your podcast and then have fun editing it but uh just starting out again to avoid the overwhelm i'd go let's just start off with audio yeah
0: i, I think that's i was able to do it because i was a video guy and yeah and we, here's the question i want to so we've got you know our friend lou Mangello, once again he says you know um lou. he loves Libsyn. And he also says, "Video killed the radio star." Now, I want to know what your thoughts are, and you can you can get on to. I would love to see Lou's guest on video, and I'm like, dude, you're already doing video like they're using like Squadcast or you know Riverside. They're already grabbing the video. Why not put that to it? I get it, some more thing, but I would I would love to see Lou's stuff on video. So, would you say? And I'm trying to get you to say yes, Dave. Is um, people like Lou who have an established podcast that's the next step?
2: It's another way, yeah, because we're like, you know, we're on Apple and Spotify and GeoSav and and iHeart and all that. And you're like, I wish there were another place I could put my content. Well, it's called YouTube. And there's like 80 million gazillion people looking at stuff over there. So, yeah, now that may... Uh so yeah absolutely you know like i said i've i've had people join the school of podcasting cuz i have a youtube channel so absolutely if you got the time and budget that you may and i i don't know jeff you can answer this more do you have more pushback from people when you're doing video interviews where they're like ah it's video cuz i know when i asked that question they are like no it's audio i'm like okay cool i can show up in my pajamas and right. you know right
0: so i you know i i've never had that i think that covid helped a lot getting people mm-hmm. like understanding what camera ready is i mean like i know connor and i aren't wearing pants right now but well, i neither. either yeah. you know see and i figured day wasn't either but um so to me it's there is a little bit of that and it's also because mine is scheduled like mine's a live show you mm-hmm. don't have to do a live show but some people are like hey, i can't do it that time I'm like well it's this time every week so sorry um but um yeah so if you can i think it's great because i'm all about repurposing and getting people yeah. to listen to your podcast is being able to throw these clips up onto video. I'm still not a big fan of audiograms. Some people get them to work, but I just don't see Preach, a bunch brother. of things. But yeah. clips, like you were talking about before, Dave, you ask a question, you get a great answer. That's a clip. That's a clip yeah. I can shout everywhere. And so I like yeah. it. Easy I to tell
2: it, it, in a perfect world, record your video on video. You record your video on video. That's, that's a brilliant, that's a bumper sticker <laughs> right like, there. <laughs> yeah. Re, record your show on video. And exactly what Jeff said. Turn those into clips, strip out the audio, make that a podcast. You know, just wring every ounce of value out of that content, and that would be the perfect way. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I do. I don't do the clip thing, and I should with Ask the Podcast Coach. I just mm-hmm. one of those, and that's uh, and that's just me being um, cheap, basically, because I don't I don't have enough time to do that. And when you don't have time, then you have to pay money for somebody else to do it. And I'm just like, "Eh, yeah, I'll get around to it, so.
0: Well, real quick, one of the tools, because the only way I can do this and the repurposing thing is because of places like Ecamm, which allow me to have this, man, have it. When they went to having isolated video tracks at the end of the show, oh my gosh, that changed everything. So if you're on a Mac and you want to learn how to do this, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They're the sponsor of the show, but I was using way before they were sponsoring me. Uh, They allow me to do all this repurposing that we've been talking about. So check them out, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash slash before we wrap up i want to get like i I know we talked about podcasting pitfalls but other than what you know new podcasters make when they're just starting out we kind of covered that but what is uh, like a mistake you made when you first started that you went oh my gosh uh and you i'm changing everything because i've learned my lesson now um what was something that you did when you first started out Uh
2: I try to do everything. Uh, the the kind of running joke about the school of podcasting was, well, a, it has everything you need to start a podcast. That was the good news. The bad news is it had everything. So you just walked in. as like, here's a buffet. Hope you can find what you're looking for. So that's where I had to figure out. And I still, to be honest, haven't completely. I kind of have three tracks now where I should have one. I have a I'm on a really tight budget. I have some budget and I don't care about budget tracks Mm. at the school of podcasting. And in reality, that should be one. And I'm like, I just want to help everybody. So that's part of it. But the other thing that I've seen just destroy podcasters is someone will be like, Oh my goodness. I have, you know, 200 downloads on my last episode. I'm like, way to go, congratulations. I'm like, in my day, that'd be 10 classrooms. That's a hallway and a half of people Mm. that could be watching Netflix or whatever, but they're listening to you. And then somebody else in the same Facebook group goes, congratulations, I just went over 4 million. And you just watch them go, I'm melting, you know? And I'm like, so comparison to others just keep focusing on your audience, because I've fallen victim to that, where somebody will go by and I'm like, how are they getting clients when we, what? And I'm like, hold on, let's go back and focus on our audience, because that's what you know makes things grow. But I've, I've just seen it wreck so many podcasters, because I'm like, why are you looking, unless you're looking at other podcasts as an opportunity to cross promote or something like that, but if it's starting to bring it down and, and ruin your attitude, then don't do that.
1: Hmm. That's great advice. I think, I think that comparison really leads into this next thing too about about pod fade, about getting down on yourself, and you just kind of stop doing it because you're not seeing the success that you know you kind of formulated in in your head. So many people get to that tenth episode, right, and they've lost that initial energy of of starting something new. They're two months into it, and they've kind of lost the the passion or, or the excitement when they started out. So, Dave, new podcasters. How can they avoid you know, the pitfalls of of pod fade and, and stopping production?
2: Yeah, what people do is they will pick their podcast schedule and try to squeeze their life into it. Yeah. And that, that doesn't work. So every time I hear somebody go, I'm gonna do a daily podcast, and in my head I'm going, no you're not, uh, <laughs> but some do. So what's better to do is when you're doing those first four or five episodes that you're going to throw away, because it's your rough draft, uh, you know, start a timer, go to toggle, I think it's toggl.com You can get this free timer and just start it because it's, you know, the time of the interview, the time of the editing, the writing of, you know, the blog post and all that stuff. All of a sudden you get done, you're like, wait a minute, that that 15 minute podcast took me an hour. And then you ask yourself, do you have an hour or five a week to do a podcast? You're like, no, I don't have five hours a week to do a podcast. Okay. What about every other week? yeah i could do that okay guess what congratulations you're doing a bi-weekly podcast because when you try to when you can squeeze your podcast into your life that will work but when you try to squeeze your life into a podcast schedule then you end up in divorce court and all sorts of other fun things that are really unpleasant so figure out and and there are things to do as well like i just uh a show i do with daniel j lewis is called the future of podcasting and we're doing it weekly and I'm trying to squeeze a podcast into my life, and I just went to Daniel. I go, I, I can't do this weekly. I can do it every other week. Is that okay? And he's like, Yeah, that's fine. So you either adjust your schedule, adjust your length. Maybe instead of doing a 40 minute podcast, you do a 15 minute one. Things like that. But that's I see people trying to squeeze their life into their podcast instead of looking at their life and going, Where can I squeeze in a podcast?
0: Mm. Once again, awesome advice. And Chris. Uh- even echoes that saying. Great advice. Podcasting is such a long game. It takes a certain type of creator. Not everyone can make a good podcast or have the patience for us uh, And Chris is over at Dealcasters, and he does a lot of stuff over at Cast Ahead. He's amazing podcaster, live video yeah. producer, all the stuff. So make sure to check him out too. Uh, I have a couple more questions, but Dave, we're out of time, and I want to have plenty of time for you to to let people know where they can find out if they're interested in podcasting your shows, all the stuff that is Dave Jackson. Let people know where they can find you.
2: Yeah, my main website is schoolofpodcasting.com. But as you heard, uh, you know, if you stand next to me long enough, I will start another podcast. Uh, and uh, so the only reason I have this, because I just kind of just urinated all over Linktree. I do have one of those sites. Uh, if you go to powerofpodcasting.com, that's a list of a bunch of the shows that are still current in my book and consulting and the School of Podcasting. But primarily, if you want to reach me and check out my stuff, it's schoolofpodcasting.com.
0: Real quick, I wanted to ask, you mentioned on your Saturday show, um, because a lot of things, uh, one more thing that podcasters have to do is create that website, which you said is very, very important. And you had an affiliate code for a a really great podcasting website creation. What is that? Can you give that to our listeners? uh,
2: TripodPage.com is my affiliate link to PodPage, and if you're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, okay, LearnPodPage.com is where you can have it's a free course, and that's uh, something that you know you can get from my book. I have a course on a free piece of software. It's it's eventually you have to pay for it, but I all through that course, it's here's my affiliate link. If you're getting something out of this course you know, click here when you go to buy it. And I'm not going to retire on that money, but it's a constant stream of income. So yeah, tripod Mm -hmm. page and learnpodpage.com.
1: Awesome. Thanks for that. And Connor Brown, where can people find out about the amazing unsinkable Connor Brown? The Unsinkable Connor Brown, you can go to wdwopinion.com If you're looking to plan a Disney Universal cruise vacation, I'm there for you. You can learn all about me, wdwopinion.com and at wdwopinion across the social universe. That is so awesome. Once again, I want to thank our uh, sponsor of the show, uh, Ecam.
0: You can find out more about them at live.com forward slash Ecam. Thank you to all of you guys who are watching Chris Stone and listening. Dave Canyon, Lou Mangiello. Uh, we had John Piper and uh, some, you know, uh, Colin uh, Lopesco was, was here with us as well. So thank you guys for watching. We wouldn't be able to do the show without you. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, Dave, so much. Bye now.
2: Media News Live.